Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. That was BPI member Richard Marion introducing yep, us. That was Richard. And as we have said for the past couple of weeks on the show, if you would like to feature your voice on our opening and closing, hit us up on the discuss list and Byron will hook you up. I am your first host, Anthony Corona. As always, I am here with President Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pride Connection. Vice President Leah Gardner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this evening's program. A little bit of housekeeping. We will be celebrating the holidays for the next two weeks. So you will hear replays uh, if you hit us up here at 10 o'clock on Tuesday or the replay times. But we will be back in the new year with a set of shows that will knock your socks off But tonight, our topic is our newest community call, our one of our newest members, and our virtual convention. Leah, why don't you introduce us to our first guest? All right. Well, this evening, we are very thrilled. We are very thrilled to host uh, Desiree Christian on our program. I guess in mid-September, Desiree proposed to us uh, offering a sexual wellness and uh, sexual health community call. And since that point, I think the first one was in early October. And I know since that point, a lot of people uh, from the ACB community have participated And so we are going to engage in some conversation revolving around that and uh, hoping to get some more people from uh, the the GLBTQI community involved. So welcome to the program, Desiree. Thanks. I appreciate the invitation. We are so thrilled to have you. But before we jump into the call itself, why don't you tell us how you got to BPI and a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, again, how you got to BPI. Um, sure. Okay. So I am from Portland, Oregon, originally from Northern California. Um, and man, he asked me a bunch of questions. They went out my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay. So I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, I have been a member of ACB for many years, mostly just working with my local and state chapters. Uh, Well, affiliates, I suppose, if you want to get all technical. Um, And then July happened, and because convention was virtual, I was able to go. It was freaking awesome. So I found out about Next Generation, which I promptly joined them um, as a supporting member because at age 40 with Next Gen, um, you become a supporting member, which means you cannot hold a chair, you cannot hold office, but it doesn't mean you cannot absolutely be super active, which I am. I'm currently on two committees, but I'm going to be cutting back, so I'll just be on one. Um, Let's see. So at the beginning of COVID, our state was actually one of the first states to start having community calls. Uh, And so I started hosting those via Zoom for our state. And we originally had them on Tuesday evenings and then Friday mornings. And about a month or so, we cut back to just Friday mornings because some of us were getting kind of burned out. Um, 
And uh, also, of course, you know, I had been going to all these community calls and there's a lot of community calls. And I was really kind of shocked and surprised to find out how conservative a lot of the people out there on these community calls were. Um, I'm very privileged in where I live, where I'm totally pro pretty much everything. Um, and I've always considered myself an activist, but I've never actually had to like really follow through too much because I just live in an area where that's not a deal. So not a deal. <laughs> um, and I found myself quite often, you know, people start to say some pretty negative things and I would just like cut them off. I'd be like, why are you even saying this? If this person or this kind of person was in the room, would you be saying these things? Well, no. Okay. Then why are you even going here? Like, this is so not okay. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, like time after time encountering folks who out of ignorance and or prejudice were just, you know, so totally unaware of the LGBTQ plus community and how, you know, some of their interactions affects people. Because on the flip side of that, I know several people who um, are and or were not terribly engaged in ACB anymore, or they felt like they had to have a crowbar separation between their ACB person and who they are outside of ACB. It's like, they did not feel free to share that. And I went, this is really dumb. This is super dumb. So I looked around and I went, well, I don't know that next gen's ready to have a big, bold presence, but you know who will be. So I emailed and or messaged whoever was in charge of BPI and said, Hey, what do you guys think about this? thinking, <laughs> thinking in my ignorance that y'all would have somebody um, more appropriate than me because I happen to be a <laughs> cisgen, straight, super curious woman, <laughs> super curious. So I figured there'd be somebody you guys know who would like do all the things and I could just show up. No, hey, how do you want to host it? And I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> well, let's, let's do, do a little housekeeping <laughs> and let our listeners know that sure. a cis person is what we consider an ally. A sighted person would be considered an ally. So first and foremost, we wanted your uh, membership. We wanted your energy and we wanted your um, you know, presence and idea. And so if we're going to get all that, might as well tap you as host as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of self-enlightened interest, eh? Well, it was interesting because, you know, at the time I was watching, you know, Anthony go back and forth, you know, with you and like all these workshop ideas. And I saw it kind of grow from this, this sort of little, um, this, this idea to this really robust, um, proposal you know for for workshops uh with consent and um attraction and flirtation and just so many different variables to it and uh the participation at least it seems like with the acb community has been uh really um really thriving I consistently get on average around 20 people yeah, an evening, if not more, mm -hmm. sometimes a little less, depending, you know. Yeah. So I think first, um, you know, the question I think a lot of people that join the call or one of the calls, I should say, uh, are wondering, why did you bring your mom tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about that, too. Um because my mom has her own life. I love her to bits and she loves me to bits, but she has her own life. Me? And so, you, you know. If we can ask everybody who is not participating at the moment to mute, that would be great. Um, so we did a couple of test runs with BPI and then we brought it out to the community. 
Was it any different when it was just a BPI event to when it became an official community call? Yeah, actually, I have noticed a change. Um, one, we did start to build up some regulars even prior to bringing it out on a community calls. But I found it to be, and, and Byron is my post slash co-facilitator, and I found that when it was strictly um, BPI, it, the, I felt like the crowd was a little bit more diverse. And the first night we brought it mm. out onto community calls, the we still had a relatively diverse group of people. But after that, I've noticed the diversity go down, and it seems to be more straight people, which I well, suppose is okay. It's Katrina's okay. phone, iPhone, Katrina's iPhone. Yeah, if you if you can make me um, co-host, then I can go ahead and take care of uh, people. Yeah, are, I I will. These are the these are the perils of live radio, right here. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> the beauties of live radio. So, have I've, you had any of those moments where somebody was saying something that wasn't quite cool or quite couth in? Um, in the community once it went to community itself oh yes absolutely but the wonderful thing about um creating some highly socially intelligent regulars and <laughs> and someone um, like byron <laughs> <laughs> like byron um tyson ernst actually happens to come pretty you know he's like a regular but also some emotionally intelligent people um, and, I, and I did kind of set it up this way where I were, where it's like, yes, I'm, you know, quote, unquote, in charge, but I don't know all the answers. I can only speak from my experience. So I really rely heavily on my regulars and other attendees to um, help explore all the different var- variables, bring up questions that I haven't thought about that other people haven't thought about. So we can really dig into the meat of whatever topic it is and understand why it is the thing, whatever it is, you know? So if that means we're talking about it from the blind versus low vision perspective um, or a sighted versus low vision versus blind, because those interactions are going to be different. It's just inherent with the nature of not having sight. Um, you know, if we can help it, like Byron's really good about putting in, um, you know, the gay slash, I guess, pansexual, I think mm-hmm. you've identified yourself, um, you know, bringing up those kinds of things. Um, you mean Byron's gay? I know. Whoa, really? Whoa. Oh, God. No, 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 not not gay. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we actually had a really interesting conversation, Chris Snyder and I did, about that, about uh-huh. using the term gay if you're not actually, like, all the way gay. Like, you know, once you go guy, you don't go back kind of gay. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're bisexual or pansexual – Saying you're gay is kind of taking somebody else's label or taking somebody else's, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. identity away from them and making it something else. So we, you know, stuff like this, we actually, you know, we See? actually bring exactly. up a lot of really interesting I was going to say, these, like these sound like the kind of topics that, mm-hmm. that would really oh, kind this, of be, this stuff totally you know, really intriguing. Yeah. This yeah. stuff totally comes up and it's like, I, yeah. um, you know, again, thanks to Byron, uh, he brought up that some of the language that get used when I'm writing the promos, you know, really speaks to, you know, straight community. Okay, so what kind of language? How can I bring in? Because I really do intend these calls to be super diverse. Like, I want to hear from everybody because this is how we learn. This is how we grow. This is how we can arm ourselves. So when we go out into when coronavirus is over, the regular community, we have knowledge, we have um, information, we have a bit more confidence to deal with whatever it is that, you know, whatever human interactions life throws us. So and once you, um, you know, my co-hosts are probably going to smack me upside the head when this is <laughs> over, but when we sat down and, and really mapped out what this was going to, what this was going to sound like and, and how it was going to be, um, my biggest concern, we were having conversations about pronouns and 
racial and social justice, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a conversation that's been had at least as long as I've been in the community, but it's in, it was always hushed and, and sort of, um, you know, a non, um, it wasn't an open conversation. It was right. small conversations in corners about consent and about inappropriate behavior, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep. And my, my um, firm standpoint was, we're not going to put our name on this unless that is a huge component and a piece oh, that yes. is always talked about. And it's weird. The universe works in, in strange ways. And it seems to be over the last couple of weeks that we're starting to see um, a Me Too-like movement in our community because people are stepping up and, and stepping out with experiences that they've had that have not been appropriate, that have also at times been rather disturbing. So Right. And, going- and I, I keep hearing about those and, and am observing that there still is a lot of pushback from, you know, the community at large from that. And I'm like, this is dumb. What is wrong with you people? I just, <sighs> yes. <laughs> And you so know, I have to say something. Um, the um, I think the uh, the um, I think both ACB as our parent organization and BPI as an affiliate, um, we can we can see in, in that specific topic uh, an example of how progressive and how forward thinking we both are, parent and affiliate, because um, in Rochester both ACB and BPI had uh, steps in this direction. Um, BPI, we hosted a workshop on specifically the Me Too movement and consent. Uh, Sadly, it was not so well attended. Um, No, not at all, unfortunately, because I I was there. Yeah, it was really, you know, and I'm just saying that um, our facilitator for that program, you know, was 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 top notch and i think the people that came you know really benefited from the experience but it would have been great to to have a, a much larger if it would have uh, been audience. a larger group but, you know I have, but i think yeah. i think that goes mm-hmm. along the same lines of what um you know desiree and and anthony were saying um uh, and i think that's the beauty also of community calls i think people with the community calls not having to be there in person with such a you know topic with such a sensitive topic or sometimes even taboo for certain people like Desiree said a moment ago you know a lot of conservative people think it's a taboo to talk about sex or anything sex related so I think with the community calls that has opened a little bit more um, flexibility for people to join and kind of just like listen in the background and kind of gauge their level of comfort and then participate a little bit more um, ACB yeah. also in Rochester actually passed a um, resolution. A, a, it was a resolution, yeah, um, that was specifically around uh, behavior and uh, you know unwanted um, physical proximity um, in in ACB uh, gatherings. So. So those two things happened in Rochester, and and I think we had been seeing that that trend, and you know people wanting to talk about it but not wanting to talk about it at the same time. So I think we did, like Desiree, you well said it. You know what? You know BPI has been uh, has we we have been identified as the bold or as a bold organization that you know we we go into those topics and we have people like you who are willing to step up and, you know, lead uh, these discussions. So I just wanted to point that out. I think as this, um, as this, com- this global conversation, as, and when I say global, I mean the community at large, uh, low, no vision community, as this, um, you know, goes forward, there's going to be more and more stories. There's going to be more and more people that want to speak and want to establish you know, what the, what's okay and what's not okay. And how do we read cues, et cetera, et cetera. So some of the topics that have already been covered are going to be brought up over and over again. But um, I'd like to ask for Gabriel and myself, um, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit less likely to happen for us than it is for, for you, Leah and Desiree. Um, If you could speak for just a moment about people 
having experiences, having had feelings, et cetera, et cetera, and, and needing a place to speak about it and, and what BPI and most especially the sexual wellness and health conversation community call, et cetera, can, can offer. Um, why don't you jump in first, Leah? Uh, you know, I, I think it's just imperative um, for, for people to have a safe space like, like that. I, that's actually a term we haven't discussed, but I think one of the most critical aspects of this is that it gives individuals who want to, um, you know, who want to discuss those issues, who want to ask questions, that want to have sort of a non-judgmental environment to talk about um, attraction or um, flirtation or fantasies, fantasies (laughs) or consent, you know, uh, you know, a, a, um, an environment to do that. And I think, I think that's probably the most important facet is just that it opens that venue for people. Um, And it, it kind of, you know, it kind of seems like given the, the numbers that have been joining, that that that's something that's um that carries a lot of meaning for folks i'm and i'm i'm guessing there are probably a lot of stories that get shared a lot of topics that come up sort of um repeatedly but people probably i'm gonna i'm gonna make a guess here that people really feel safe um during these calls to keep coming back and and share and ask questions without any kind of judgment being attributed to um, anything that, that they ask. We were on a call together where you shared an experience. Did you second guess before you started to share? Did you feel you know, safe from the get-go? I don't remember what experience that was. The microphone. I can't tell you. Oh, the microphone. <laughs> the micro- yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I had... Uh, I had an incident uh, at an event many years ago, a blindness related event where um, people were passing the microphone along from person to person. And uh, the person that handed me the mic really purposefully tried to put their hands between my legs to see if there was uh, if there if there was something if there was something there that they could squeeze. And it was it's a story I've actually told many, many times. Uh, because it um, it sort of illustrates the whole concept of consent and how important that is. Uh, but, you know, I, I think um, a lot of people have experienced other things, you know, at, at events. And my hope, I know, in sharing that was to maybe open up um, open up the conversation and give people the ability to, to maybe share that that felt less um, secure, you know, and, and kind of had more, more questions about what constitutes consent and what doesn't. So Desiree, you know, this is, um, this podcast is, is well listened to and, and um, we'll probably get a a surge in in numbers on the next Wednesday call. What um what do you want to say to people out there that might have an experience that they need to talk about or have, you know, questions about consent or fantasies or toys or anything? <laughs> what do you want them to know about the call? Why should they come to this community call? Because in short, it is most awesome and epic. um because i really with the help of byron and my regulars try to provide create a safe space so whether it's you're totally new you don't have any information it's okay to ask and you're not going to get judged And those of us who have more experience who really try to help you problem solve and work through the problem to, you know, so you yourself can have a better understanding and maybe change some of your behaviors. So if that means we're getting somebody who's coming in um, who has no clue 
that they're having bad behaviors, but what we're seeing that, you know, what they're describing to us is their impression of their reactions on that side. Well, then we'll kind of nudge them like, hey, you know, maybe if you did this instead, you might get a different reaction. Um, because we, we want to see all people in there, not just, you know, like the victims of, and I hate to use that word of whatever happened, but, you know, the possible inadvertent, again, I hate to use this language, perpetrators. So it can get figured out on all sides, you know, whatever it is, whether it's um, bad behavior uh, in regards to like, say, flirting or social stuff, or whether it's bad behavior uh, in regards to somebody who's in the LGBTQ plus community versus not versus whatever, like, you know, our big, it's like, yeah, we may talk about flirtation. Yeah, we may talk about uh, attraction. But I very much make a point to put in consent in there. And if we have time, and if I've got a good group, we practice in the calls. Okay, so how do you say no? How do you accept a no? Because if we practice there in a safe space, then when you get into real life, it'll be a lot easier to deal with, to cope with, to take. So, are you? I'm curious, Desiree. Are you finding that? I mean, obviously, this is a safe space. You can't you can't discuss specifics. But are you finding that maybe? I, I know that it seems like at at various events, particularly conventions, you know, I hear a lot of a lot of people, women and men actually talk about how they felt like they were approached in a quote-unquote inappropriate way are are you finding that maybe some folks who are unwittingly kind of engaging in this behavior are 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 talking about it are you feeling like there's some some learning and some education happening on that front Yes. Yes, I do. I feel like on average we get, and Byron, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like on average we get at least one or two inadvertent perpetrators, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just about every every call we've had. Now, I, I could be totally <laughs> misreading it, but that that's, you know, my yeah. impression. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, I think I think people sometimes take harmless, um, you know, harmless comments in their mind. You know, they they make mm-hmm. uh, harmless comments and they they maybe affect people or rub people the wrong way. And so that's you know we're trying to make dis- we're trying to make consent and um, just appropriate behavior more of a norm. It needs to be addressed early on in childhood. It needs to be addressed repeatedly, even in adulthood. You know, we need to bang that drum of consent and behavior, uh, you know, behaving like a normal human being um, and and not touching people or saying things that are inappropriate to them. Uh, We need to bang that drum over and over again. And, um, you know, it gets tiring to have to keep doing that, but we've gone through generations of not doing enough of that. And, oh, Mm -hmm. well, you know, boys will be boys. And, oh, she was wearing a short skirt and she deserved it. And all this horrible behavior. Stupid socialization. Yeah, right, like yeah, our society right. is totally messed up in that regard, right. and we're finally waking up to that. And and you know, we just have to keep banging on that drum. I I'm curious though. Sometimes I think that um, children uh, who are, who are visually impaired sometimes don't um, don't receive the same kind of um, oh sometimes sexual well i i, I you know i'm trying to be yeah <laughs> and trying to be Politically diplomatic correct. here yeah <laughs> trying to be diplomatic but but i i, I think it, it it definitely happens that there's a lot of awkwardness uh, oh. uh, around uh, around um flirtation and around how to approach somebody that that you might be attracted to because you know i'm sec- this, sexual education sometimes just doesn't seem to be on the same par for a lot of blind kids that it, that it is for sighted kids. It is so much more common than like, it's like, that's it. I would say it is uncommon to have a blind low vision child sexually educated. That is like very uncommon. It's more common that they don't Mm. get that education. And I can speak from, um, cause I have an 18 year old who is blind. Um, 
and you know watching her go through the whole process part of her education she was mainstreamed part of it she did go to a school for the blind and there is just you know i mean there's pros and cons to both but there's and she went to a pretty liberal mainstream school but still she just did not have the access that the sighted kids mm-hmm. get so it's like for instance yep. it is fine everybody's totally accepting you know, those of us who are into sex ed and have good sex or decent sex ed in, in, in the states here are fine with sighted kids looking at, um, you know, the genitals of the opposite set, et cetera, et cetera. But if you suggest you get a 3D version of that, even the most liberal minded of folks, yeah, there's this gut reaction mm-hmm. of, are you kidding? Like, no. Right. But it's like, okay, so how else are these blind visually kids supposed to get this? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is, you know, so it's like, you know, that was part, part of also why I wanted to start these talks is because it's just like the accessibility of this stuff for the blind community. Just, it's, you know, particularly if you grew up low vision, grew up blind, it's just, Yeah. Is severely lacking. You know, I, I got I, I got a really rare opportunity when I was a kid. I, I was going to the Foundation for Blind Children, and we were going through this independent living program, um, like in, in the late 90s. We had our own apartment, and we had jobs, and we, we got to learn, you know, how to clean and how to cook and all that. And one of the things that they did for us was a, like a sex ed class, and they actually brought 3D models of anatomy. Mm. Which was like that's when it happened to me as a kid. I didn't realize just how groundbreaking that was. You know. Yeah, I had a conversation after our first um, call, which was just a BPI call at that point, but we had opened it up to next gen as well. And I had a conversation offline with someone who had told me that they had attended, uh, you know, one of the summer camps. And um, part of the program was supposed to be a a you know health quote unquote health that had to do, you know, some of it had to do with, with sexual topics. And they were basically kind of told that, you know, the likelihood of finding a stable relationship is only 30% to sighted folks, et cetera. And it was just such a negative experience for the person. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's, it's, it's horrific. The expectations that are lowered for certain communities just because there's a difference, a differently abled person can't be sexual. shouldn't be taught, you know, the things that the rest of us, that the rest, you know, I obviously only lost my sight four years ago that the rest of us all learned growing up. No, that's not okay. And it's not acceptable. And real quick, it's definitely time to make a disclaimer. Our calls are private. They're a safe space. They will never be broadcast on any of the ACB radio channels. Um, And it's like Vegas. What happens in the calls stays in the calls. And that's something that we all expect. And um, I think, Desiree, we make a point of of saying that at at every call, right? Yes. Well, it's certainly implied anyway. (laughs) 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 So what can we look forward to? In the next couple of calls, what um, what topics are you gearing up? Well, tomorrow I decided to be brave and bold and just flat out call the call the call sexual wellness. And from here on out, it will be labeled in the community calls as sexual wellness, and then it will have its topic. So tomorrow evening, we're going to look at what exactly that means. What does it look like for everybody? Because it's going to be different, even you know, for a straight person. What I think of as sexual wellness, wellness and health is going to be different, you know, from the straight lady that's sitting next to me. So, you know, we're going to go explore because that's what we do. We go explore together and we learn. Because yes. knowledge is awesome. Definitely, I mean, like the the things that a gay man um, has to be aware of versus the things that a straight man has to be aware of are very different. Um, and, and that goes for all of the different people and across all the whole spectrum, 
you know, there's, there's just def- different medical concerns that we have to be aware of and, and procedures and stuff. So, you know, just, just the health side of it, like, you know, the precautions that you need to make and stuff are different depending on where you're coming from and who you're, you know, having relations with. Gabriel, you've been awfully quiet. Do you have any questions or comments? Well, uh, I just wanted to say that um, um, I love how how this uh, how this idea took off and how um, how we have now transitioned into a, a community call. Because, like Desiree said uh, earlier, it's uh, it's a matter of education, and uh, and we all need it. Um, I also find it interesting how I see these community calls in this this series as a flip side of um, you know it, another B- of VPI's initiatives. Uh, you know, we're well known for our dare to share parties, um, and uh, I just see it as. I said the flip side. I shouldn't say the flip side. I actually, what sister I wanted out. to say more, mm-hmm. sister. But I wanted to say the PG sister <laughs> of Dare to Share. So you know, we all, whoever has been at Dare to Share, you know that mm-hmm. I cannot say much about it because right. obviously it's always a safe space, and we same same deal. What happens at Dare to Share stays at Dare to Share. So I'm not gonna say any specifics, but. Everyone who goes to there to share will know that, or you know, we let people know that it is going to be very, very bold, and and that people are in, you know, it's more on a joking, but at the same time expressing and asking and commenting and sharing experiences. So I see this as a as a more structured and more PG version of our there to share. So I love it. I love the concept, and I love that. Um, that Desiree has taken upon the uh, task of, of leading and Byron. And uh, we, we, you know, this is another of the uh, topics that I love to see BPI bring to the community because it's one of the topics that uh, needs a lot of coverage and needs a lot of dissemination because many people, uh, I think genuinely most people who who have misconceptions or misbehaviors do it out of ignorance than out of, uh, you know, a, 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 an ill intention. So I think this is great because education is, is light in the darkness. So it's, it's, it's great. And it's a, I, I really hope, I really encourage people to come on and join and, you know, gauge your level of comfort. You don't have to participate if you don't want, but definitely, uh, Definitely, you can learn. Byron, I know that we have a couple of guests that are kind of hanging out in the background. If there's anybody that wants to make a comment or ask Desiree or any of us a question, please raise your hand and Byron will let us know that you want to join. Um, Desiree, have you thought about having a topic, a call topic surrounding teaching your children how to read cues and more, you know, also sistering with or brothering, partnering with that, how to gauge your body language to convey what it is you want the room or the world at large to, to know as a, you know, a young blind person learning how to match what their body language is saying to what they're feeling and thinking. Not specifically for children, but that gives me food for thought for a topic in the coming year. But we we address that stuff just about every call um, in terms of adults, young people, what they've experienced, because we usually get at least one person that um, is coming in and has no clue. They just know that what they're doing isn't working. And they know that there's a difference between what they do as a blind person to what, you know, sighted people do. And what we keep experiencing repeatedly is that the sighted community, for whatever reason, I have no idea what reason, whether they don't think the blind person can handle it, whether they... Hmm. 
um, are going, oh, it's a blind thing. We just need to accept them how it is. Um, <laughs> like they don't get told the behaviors that it's, that are expected of them or the appropriate behaviors that would make them fit into the sighted world um, more fluidly. Like no one has actually told them these things, which I'm just kind of mm. stunned. Like, really? The, why would you not? <laughs> I think you know? there's a sense that, that on some level, blind people are fragile. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. where that comes from, but, but I, I, I truly believe that there, there's a sense, oh, my God, this would be embarrassing for this poor blind person to know this. So we're just going to yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of pretend that whatever the behavior was, mm-hmm. it, it didn't happen because they can't possibly uh, learn, you know, otherwise. And yeah. so we're, you know, I, but it's but that's not just blindness. I think that's a disability. That's a that's sort of like a sense about disability in general that there's a fragility surrounding um anybody with a disability that they maybe can't handle uh certain kinds of information you know they can't just be be told honestly hey you know that was not that wasn't appropriate you know no, so they end up coming to us pretty frustrated and they're like, how come they're, they're just frustrated that nobody told them, clued them in, gave them this information that, you know, so they've been doing this, that, and the other for years and nobody's clued them in. And so there's a lot of frustration that, that we hear there's, when there's they're also, going. There's also a lot of frustration um, from blind people because they can't figure out why are they not having success in getting dates you know, why, why is it seemingly that no one wants to go out with them? And, and I think part of it is that, number one, society thinks of blind people as, you know, virginal beings and, you know, having sex or dating a <laughs> blind person is just wrong. It's like, you know, just why would you do that? They, they, in their minds, they think that's a bad thing. Um, but also, like, society uh, society uh, has made sex so taboo and everything is implied there's all this body language and you know sense you know eye contact and sensing the person's intents and um you know all this sort of unspoken stuff which has kind of led to all of this consent problems all these consent problems that we're um dealing with now are because people think that they're they have the green light to go ahead and touch and they don't because they have been going on she smiled at me, so so I got closer, and then she talked to me, so I got closer. You know that that's not consent, but but everything is unspoken, and for blind people, we can't see Implied all this unspoken consent. stuff. We can't we can't see body language. We can't you know all we can do is go based off of what we're hearing and what we're feeling, and um, so we need to teach our our blind kids and blind people in general to vocalize the things that they would normally. You know, you have to be, you have to be the brave one. You have to be the brave one and be the one to say, oh my God, Desiree, your hair is so sexy. Oh, or, um, oh my God, you you know, Leah, you, man, your knees are just, (laughs) I know you have to be, you have to be the brave one and be kind of like the one to, to vocalize your intent, uh, that, that you like somebody and then be properly given a yes or a no, like, Oh, thanks. But you know, um, I think of you as a little brother. Oh God, that hurts. But you know, at least it's informative. I know that that person has no interest Mm -hmm. in me. Right. Or, Oh, thanks, but I've got a boyfriend or whatever. Um, those things need to be vocalized so that the person can back off and not soon advance anymore. Right. 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 Before things go, before Mm -hmm. things go on, you know, for an extended amount of time, because then those kind of rebuttals are, I think are more painful. Yeah. And it is hard to be the bold one going out there and, and like Mm -hmm. telling somebody that you think they're really, you, your voice is just so attractive i don't know what it is about your voice but it's just a awesome you know things like that they're too scared because they don't want to be rejected um we have somebody with their hand up um this i believe it's sarita it's hard to read my 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 my, but this font is really small but i'm gonna unmute you um and lower your hand you should get a prompt asking you to unmute uh and you should be able to talk 
Oh, there we Thank go. you for uh, allowing hey. me to speak. Hey, how are you? And it's been a very, uh, very enjoyable time that I've spent in this hour with you guys. And I'm glad that I tuned in as a supporter. And, and I have so many thoughts and reactions to what I've been listening to. And I was very happy to hear Desiree talk about the, in the middle of the call that this is a safe space. This is a, a space where you're not gonna be judged. And one of the things that I would hope to, to, to add to this is that whenever you're doing something like this, where you have this type of open conversation with this type of uh, space where people can be vulnerable, it's important to, to let people know because you may get some callers or some who want to participate who you sense that maybe this is not a space for them because maybe what they're dealing with is psychologically outside of your parameters for the call. And they may be more appropriately suited to be referred to a professional counselor. Because you, that's you, a great you, you want to be care I, I am a, a geriatric counselor, so I have a counseling background. And you want to be careful about that because this is not what you're doing. That's a great this point. Not, and this is not ACB, the parent organization. Um, you know, we have disclaimers that are played on some of the shows and some of the calls. And I think that we, you know, as much as we it's a safe space and we want to support each other and so on and so forth. We do, we do try to make sure that everyone knows we're not, you know, this is not, there are no trained counselors. Right. This is not you right. know, a full on therapy session. This is just for us to explore right. conversations. And, but that is a great point. And thank I you. I would for, encourage you to say those things up front though. Well, tonight's not the actual conversation. If okay. I, I don't okay. know if you realize we're, we're, um, it's our pride connection. We're on the radio right now. We're, we're highlighting the call because we've gone to community calls recently so now it's open to all of acb and friends of acb if they if they want to check it out um even, in fact, even with even with that though you may still get people coming here in this space <laughs> who you may recognize that need that but that's another thing the yeah. other thing i want to say is everything that has been shared has been so awfully powerful that i was thinking to myself wow there is there are several chapters that should be written out of this dialogue for parents of children, mm -hmm. for young adults, for mm -hmm. teens. You know, I, I was once involved with a group of women with disabilities and we brought the women with disabilities together in one room and then we brought their teenage girls together in another room. And we made the assumption that the women with disabilities knew enough about their life and their disabilities that they could help their children who had disabilities. Guess what? That was wrong. Not so much. Yeah. That was wrong. And, and so when we talked to the teenage girls, they started talking about some of the stuff you talked about. Well, how do I date? And, and what if I have to do go to the bathroom and I have to, to change out this and I have to do that? They didn't want to ask their mothers those questions. And the mothers didn't want them to ask the question either because they didn't mm -hmm. want to talk about it because no one talked about it to them. So Mom, all that to say, do you ever feel not so fresh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There, there, I, there always, I always wanted this. to meet someone that actually had that conversation with their mom. I, so if you're out there listening and you had that conversation, the email is membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Please let us know. Um, <laughs> I had that conversation with my daughter. I know. <laughs> but these, the, uh, these the topics other, are... Oh, I'm the, sorry, other comment, the other comment I want to make very briefly is that uh, I spent most of my professional career in employment of people with disabilities. And when you talk about the things that people are afraid to say to people with disabilities or specifically to people who are blind, I'm low vision, blind and low vision, they don't say these things to them and they get to the workplace or they get in a social situation and they, they bomb out because they were, quote, inappropriate. Well, keep in mind, for years, blindness was the number one or two 
most feared disability. So therefore, yeah. no one yeah. wants to hurt mm-hmm. the feelings of a person they fear. No one's going to tell a person they fear because <laughs> they're afraid. If I if I if I'm around you, am I going to be like you? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> a, you know, association. You you become you know ABA associ- by association. Mm-hmm. You, have, mm-hmm. you must be blind or low vision. All that to say, wonderful space, wonderful time, and I'm looking forward to other conversations. Thank you for so it's great to hear your voice, Sarita. Thank you. Thank you. Well, tomorrow is another sexual wellness conversation, and that is at 10 p.m. Eastern. Desiree and Byron will, of course, be leading the charge. If you you want to join, you can hit that that membership email that I sent before, that I said before, and we'll send you a link to it, or you can look on the community calls list. We are going to segue into the other portion of tonight's program and talk about Blind Pride International's very first ever convention. Of course, it has to be virtual because we are still in a pandemic. But the last weekend of January, BPI will be holding a three-day virtual convention. And our wonderful vice president is also our chairperson who coordinates national convention and graciously took on the responsibility of being the coordinator for a mid-year or winter convention. Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about the programming for our BPI convention? So this is the unveiling of the uh, program agenda. This has not been announced before. Uh, We just settled on this last week. So it's uh, going to start January 29th of 2021. And uh, we'll have a kind of a, a happy hour uh, for people to socialize a little bit, um, that will not be broadcast on ACB radio. Uh, then Gabe and Anthony are going to engage in one of their wine wisdom, uh, sessions, which, uh, I know a number of the state conventions have, have asked for, and they've been very popular. So, uh, we'll be, we'll be hosting that, uh, Friday night, um, we will, speaking of the whole sexual health and wellness, we'll be hosting one of one of BPI's most popular events at our um, annual conventions, which is Dare to Share. And that's a private, that'll be a private space uh, for people to um, kind of, kind of discuss uh, stories. Um, it'll be a safe space and it will not be aired and it will not be, um, it's safe yeah exactly exactly uh saturday afternoon the 30th we're actually going to have a um tech workshop on the accessibility of kindle um and uh you know reading kindle books i think a lot of people believe that when they see that um a novel they want to read or a textbook or nonfiction is in Kindle format that it's not accessible. That's not true. We're going to debunk that myth. You know, I don't know if people realize this, but I, I actually just learned yesterday, uh, since I am the proud owner now, I had no Echo products. And now, as of the past few days, I have two. Echo products. Thanks, Um, Byron. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Byron, and and uh, and a a a good friend of Byron's Mm -hmm. uh, for making that possible. But I but I discovered that uh, um, the the uh, a lady reads Kindle books because I had some in my um, Amazon collection. So we'll be including that. We'll be talking about accessible Kindle for the PC. Uh, we will actually be talking about converting Kindle books uh, into Braille so that people can read them on refreshable Braille displays. I think it's going to be what? a really... Yeah, I know, right? You heard me. You heard me. What? I think it's going to be a really intriguing conversation. <laughs> yep. uh, after that, you, you're going to... We'll hear from Desiree again. Um there is going to be a sexual health and wellness workshop um, 
following that, uh, we are, Anthony, you might want to elaborate a little bit on this one. Um, I, I, I am so excited about this. It is called Behind the Makeup. We're going to have a conversation with a professional drag performer and choreographer, stager, costume mate. He's the drag guru. He's been doing it for over 30 years. And uh, we're going to have a conversation with him. Then the great, exciting part is we're going to take one of his signature performances with his group. They're called um, Broadway Divas. And um, they're gonna, we are gonna have an audio described drag performance for everyone behind the makeup. Isn't that awesome? And yep. then, and then, and then that is going to be leading into a, an, a, a debut. Okay. A I wanted to, event. I, I was wondering if, if Byron has some sort of drum roll I, sound effect. <laughs> I do. I had this pre pre queued up for you. Here we yes. go. <laughs> 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 Us fanfare. Woo! And those of you who are fans know what this is from. I love it. <laughs> I'm not sure how I can possibly follow that up. <laughs> oh, the anticipation. <laughs> I know. So in 1975, the year I was born, by the way, there was a movie released called The Rocky Horror Picture Show. That particular version has never, up until this point, been audio described. However, that is no longer the case. And BPI will be showcasing the airing of the audio-described 1975 original version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. This is a first and uh, we really hope you will you will check this movie out. Um, a lot of work went into the description. It's very exciting. I can attest that it was incredibly well done. Incredibly um, well done. Incredibly well done. So I, I think I think all of you will will that'll be a treat for everybody. Um, so that is Saturday, Sunday afternoon. We are going to have a uh, BPI is known for the uh, mind and body events during our annual convention. So we are going to have an event that fits into that category. Gabe, uh, Gabe is actually going to be um, uh, he, he's going to be responsible yeah, for that event, co-facilitating yep. that event. And it's going to um, be a brunch event, so it's going to be like it's going to be very exciting because it's going to be a very like a healthy bar brunch situation. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. After after that, uh, in in the afternoon, we w will actually um, later in the day have our keynote speaker and our uh it's not a banquet because there won't be any food unfortunately but and we'll have music by jill soleil soleil um and jason castingway um who some of you know from acb radio i am missing an event in the afternoon gay jeopardy or a song Thank a song um you know name that tune depending on depending on what uh, you yes to do. song quiz yes song quiz yeah. yes exactly uh for people that want to you know that, that is try to... that it's going to be saturday evening right after uh rocky horror <coughs> um it's going to be well depending we have we, we're so fine-tuning that um it, it it may be a gay jeopardy or it may right. be some not... sort of song quiz uh type of uh song depending on on what we are able to put together but i think leah the the event that you were you were thinking of for history. Sunday afternoon history. Yeah, yeah, the history. history. There you yes. go. Yes, 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 yes. GLBTQ history throughout the decades. Um, see, we we only settled on that last week, and so my ability to deal with history right now is 
is uh, very scant. So hopefully after that workshop, my command will be a bit better. But yes. And Byron, um, cue up that sound effect. Miss Leah, unfortunately, you know what time it is. <laughs> oh, the mean mistress is back. Mean mistress. Mean mistress. What time is it? Tell me, we need to get out of here, mean mistress. Uh, so, unfortunately, we have to you. end. <laughs> we have to end the program. If you have any questions or feedback about today's program, you can email membership at blindlgbtpride.org or you can visit our website at blindlgbtpride.org. We'd love it if you're not a member and want to become a member. If you want to learn more about us, please, please visit our website. We will be back after the holidays. Be safe, be healthy, wear your masks, and be Get ready for the vaccine. in Pride. <laughs> yes. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. Thank you.